Welcome to The Positioning Show, where we discuss topics related to the practical application of positioning for marketing, sales, and product teams. I'm April Dunford, a consultant, author, and the world's leading expert on positioning for B2B technology companies. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of The Positioning Show with me, April Dunford. This week's episode is brought to you by me and my new book. (laughs) If you haven't been paying attention, I launched a new book this month. It's been going really great, actually. I've been on the road quite a bit, going to a bunch of conferences. It's conference season. So I've been all over the United States and all over Europe, talking to people directly about my old book, Obviously Awesome, and the new book, Sales Pitch. And it's been really, really fun. Like, it's been great talking to people about how they've used my work and what they've done with it. Like, so it's not just clients that have worked with me directly, but also folks that have just bought the book and worked through stuff on their own. Anyways, that's been really cool. And I have had a lot of fun in the last month doing that. But anyways, today, let's move on to the episode. One of the things that really confuses folks when we talk about positioning is the difference between strategy and vision and positioning. And I think those three things are really, really different. So I wanted to talk about that this episode and see if I could maybe help clarify that a little bit for folks that are kind of confused. So let's start with vision. Your vision is the picture of your future state. So I like to call this the all singing, all dancing thing. You're going to be at some point in the future. Sometimes that's five years out or 10 years out or maybe longer. And so in this vision, your product does a lot of things for a lot of people. It delivers value and all kinds of amazing things that it does not do today. By definition, the vision doesn't exist yet. (laughs) That isn't something that we have right now. It's a picture for where we want to go. Strategy, on the other hand, is the path that you're going to take to get there. You are what you are today. Your product exists as it exists today. The strategy defines the steps that you're going to take from where you are today to where you want to be in the future. Now, there's been a lot of books written about strategy and what the difference is between a good strategy and a bad one. One of the classic books on the topic of strategy is Richard Rummelt's book called Good Strategy, Bad Strategy. A lot of folks have read that book. In it, he talks about a strategy as being a plan for overcoming obstacles. A good strategy has coherence, coordinating activities, policies, and resources all to accomplish an important end, that end being to overcome this set of obstacles. So if we think about it, we are where we are today. We're trying to get to the vision. The strategy, again, is our plan for overcoming the obstacles, all the things we need to bring to bear to get us from A to B. Then we get to positioning. Positioning is all about the present. So positioning is about how do we win in the market today? It defines how we are the best in the world at delivering something, some value that a well-defined set of customers cares a lot about. It defines who or what we need to beat in order to win a deal. It defines how we are fundamentally different from the other approaches. It defines the value we can deliver that no one else can. It defines who exactly is a really good fit for our stuff. It also defines the market that we intend to win right now, or at least in the very short term. 
positioning defines how we're going to generate business right now. It's not the vision. We aren't there yet. That's where we're going. That's a place we're going, but we're not there yet. It certainly isn't defining our strategy because it isn't defining how we plan to overcome obstacles to get from where we are right now to where we want to be in the future. One of the really confusing things for startups is that when you're pitching to investors, what you're really doing is telling a story about the vision. So investors are making a bet on you. And that bet is that you'll be able to accomplish the things that you say that you're going to accomplish in the future. Investors have a long time horizon. They're actually not terrifically concerned with where you are right now, at least in the early stages of a company, but they are very concerned about where you want to go. And in some cases, the plan you're going to take to get from where you are right now to where you want to go. So what we have a lot of times is early stage startups will get very good at telling this story to investors about the vision, but that is not the same story that we would tell to a customer about why they should pick us over the other alternatives right now. By definition, division doesn't exist yet. So because it doesn't exist yet, it's really, really hard to sell that to customers. Customers won't want to exchange their money for something that doesn't actually exist right now. Customers look at you in a completely different way than investors do. Customers are evaluating you on the value that you can deliver for them today. So they're in the market today. They care a little bit about the near future. Obviously, they want to make sure that you're still going to be in business. Uh, they care a little bit maybe about the future roadmap. What are you going to what are you going to put out this year? What are you going to put out next year? But in general, especially in a B2B purchase, no buyer is going to be able to convince their boss that you should be spending money on something right now that isn't actually going to get delivered until a year from now or two years from now. In fact, if we get talking too much about the vision to customers, what we're really doing is convincing them to just put on the brakes and say, hey, you know what? That all sounds great. I love what you're talking about there with that vision thing. Come back to me two years from now when you actually have it. So we need to be very careful. Positioning is about right now. How are we going to win right now against the competitors we have right now? Vision is a little bit different it's something that doesn't exist right now. It's coming in the future. It's very, very interesting for investors, but that is a very different pitch to a very different audience with a very different set of timelines and definitions of value. As we move along, according to the strategy, from where we are right now to the vision of where we want to go, our positioning is going to change. This is sometimes a little bit hard for people to get their arms around at the beginning. Like when I started talking about positioning, I would have a lot of people that would say, well, man, like we're going to say we're this and we can't turn around and say we're something else two years from now. And in fact, that's what every single tech company does. <laughs> in tech companies, it is very, very normal for us to define, here's where we are now. Here's the vision we want to get to. And there's a series of steps we're going to walk through to get from here to there. And at each one of those steps, the way we define how we win is actually really, really different. In Jeffrey Moore's classic book on technology adoption, Crossing the Chasm, he describes something called bowling pin strategy. So this is where the company identifies a segment of customers where the company can easily win right now. And they define that as the lead pin. So the idea is you aren't going after the entire market all at once. You've defined this 
easy to win segment. You go after that segment first. When you've dominated that segment and essentially knocked over the lead pin, that gives you a better, easier path to get to the adjacent segments. So you can now move to the adjacent segments, knock those pins over. If you knock over enough pins, then you get to the point where you're in a situation where you can now challenge the leader in the market to take over the entire market. So the way this works at each step in that journey, your positioning will be different. So your positioning at the moment where you're just going after the one pin will be something, but then as you knock over adjacent pins, you're widening out the positioning to go after a bigger and bigger market. So let me give you a couple of examples. So early in my career, I worked at a company named Jana Systems. We were in the enterprise CRM space, or at least that was the vision. So what we sold investors on was eventually we would become the world's greatest solution for large enterprises to manage customer information. So enterprise CRM, that was the vision. What we had in the early days was definitely not that. <laughs> there was a big competitor in the market that was absolutely dominating the enterprise CRM space. We didn't have a product that was mature enough or had been in the market enough or trusted enough to really challenge them for that market. They were a 2 billion revenue company. We were a little wee startup with less than 2 million revenue. So we identified our lead pin. And in our case, the lead pin was investment banking. So we had a special set of features that allowed us to win in investment banking against even this very, very large competitor because we had a thing that could deliver value that they could not deliver. So we defined that as the lead pin. Our positioning at that point was CRM for investment banks. Now, were we planning on being CRM for investment banks forever? No, not at all. So we had a strategy. So the strategy was we would start an investment banking. Once we had dominated investment banking, then we could move to retail banking. And so at that point, our positioning would change. We would no longer be CRM for investment banking. We would be CRM for banking. Get it? Investment banking and retail banking. So then we would get there. Then the strategy was, okay, well, once we've got that, that would actually allow us to get into insurance. So once we started knocking down the insurance pin, then the positioning would shift again. The positioning we would have then would be, we are CRM for financial services. And then once we had dominated that, well, financial services is actually really, really big proportion of the market for enterprise CRM. So we figured after that, we could then move on and position ourselves as enterprise CRM. So when we were selling to investment banks in the very, very early days, we weren't trying to sell them on our vision. We didn't go in and talk to them about, oh, hey, we want to be the world's biggest enterprise CRM. That wouldn't help us close any deals. And we didn't talk to them about our strategy of, hey, we're going to do this and then we're going to do this and then we're going to do the next thing. That was just something for us internally. Customers actually didn't care about that at all. What they wanted to know is, why are you the right pick for our CRM in an investment bank? That's it. So the positioning is all about right now. The strategy is something that's internal. We're planning on that and that's how we're gonna get from A to B. The vision is the all singing, all dancing thing in the future. And our positioning changes at each step along the path according to our strategy. So let me give you another example. So I worked at a company called Tulip Retail. In Tulip Retail, our vision was to become this big omni-channel backend solution for retailers. So essentially an engine that could seamlessly power anything that was happening 
in stores as well as anything that would happen e-commerce and a combination of those things. So similar to the case of Jana, the obstacle in this case was that no big company was going to buy us and replace all of their in-store stuff and their e-commerce stuff with ours. Like we were a brand new little startup. People had made giant investments in all those systems. That would be a very, very difficult thing for us to sell. So instead of trying to just run at the whole big vision of the market, we developed a strategy to define our lead pin as a sales associate tablet. So a way to give associates on the store floor a way to assist customers in the middle of a purchase inside the store. That was our lead pin, really easy to get into that market, not very much competition. We had a great solution for that at the beginning. So that was a place where we could go and win. Then the way the strategy was defined is then we would add a clienteling solution. After that, we would add a point of sale solution. And then eventually we would become a full-blown customer experience platform for in the store. And eventually, you know, we would be able to be this big omni-channel backend that could do anything in the store and out of the store. When we were selling to our customers, we were not talking about the big vision because the big vision was irrelevant for the thing that we were selling today. In order for us to close deals, we needed to focus on the thing that the customer was trying to do right now and just sell them that. We had a strategy to go through all these different steps and investors understood the strategy. We talked about the strategy when we were raising money. This is how we're going to get to the big vision, which is why you're investing money in us. But that isn't a story that we were necessarily telling to customers because customers just didn't care. I've worked with many venture-backed startups where they've gotten very good at telling the investor pitch to the point where sometimes the investor pitch starts to kind of creep into the sales pitch. And so we need to be very careful of that. We have two very different pitches. They're for two very different purposes, two very different audiences. The last thing I want to tackle is this thing that I hear sometimes where people talk about, well, we need a story about the strategy. And I just don't really understand that. I, and I think when people say that, it, there's kind of just a fundamental misunderstanding about what a strategy is all about. Again, if our strategy is to plan for overcoming obstacles, that is fundamentally a story that's interesting for us internally, <laughs> but that's not something that customers need to know or investors need to know. So I don't really understand why we would need a story for the strategy. I mean, we need to understand the strategy, but we don't have stories for everything we're doing internally. We're not creating a narrative around our product roadmap necessarily. We're not creating a narrative around our financial plan <laughs> or a lot of other things that we do. I think that just seems like a waste of effort for me. I don't really understand where it would get used or when it would get used. I think people need to understand the strategy to a certain extent, but I don't think we need to do this like you know, made up exercise of, you know, inventing some big flowery story around the strategy. I don't really understand what the purpose of that would be. The other thing that I hear people say is the story is the strategy. And that one makes me really concerned because it makes it sound like we're going to come up with a story and then we would create a strategy based on that story. Like, 
I'm not exactly sure how that would work either. Like, so we're going to make a story about the obstacles and how we're going to overcome the obstacles. Like, that sounds like a really boring story. Let's be serious, people. And then that story gets transformed into the strategy, which means what? I write a strategy document about it. It just doesn't make any sense to me at all. Like, what we need is a vision. And what we need is a plan for how we're going to get from where we are today to the vision. That's what our strategy is. I don't think we need to create a narrative around that. I think maybe we want a strategy document. It'd be good to write it down, but I don't see the purpose in building a story. I certainly don't think we are building a story and then building a strategy out of that. Like the story is not the starting point for this. The vision is the starting point for this. Where do we want to go? Where do we want to be? That's the starting point for this. If we started with a story, I think that's a bit of the tail wagging the dog, to be honest. Sometimes I think, and this is maybe talking out of school a little bit, but sometimes I think the marketers tend to get a little bit of this like, you know, main character energy. <laughs> and they get a bit carried away with, we're going to have 9,000 stories for 9,000 things. And then these stories will be so great. It will actually transform the direction of the company. Like, no, <laughs> that's not how it works. We got a vision where we are today. We got a strategy to get there. Things fall out of that. I don't actually think that marketing is driving the bus uh, to the extent that sometimes we think maybe we should be. But I think in cases of things like this, it's our job to be a good team player on all this stuff. I don't actually think we need to be the center of absolutely everything that's happening in the company. <laughs> But that's just me, you know, maybe other marketing people would disagree with me on that one. One thing I worry about with some of these things is that folks are confused about the difference between the vision, the strategy, the positioning where we are today. And so if you're working on this stuff inside a company, I think it's really important to sit down with your team and define what these words mean. We have a tendency in marketing to just make up definitions for words. And I think that gets people really, really confused. For a long time, I really had a problem with the definition of the word branding because people started throwing just anything and everything into branding. Like at one point, somebody came and said, your brand is why you win in the market. I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. I don't know what you're talking about there. It isn't in my definition of branding. So I'm worried that we're starting to do the same thing with strategy and strategy be anything, including positioning, including our vision, including by anything we've decided to throw into that bucket on a particular day. And I think that's really confusing for junior folks that are trying to figure this stuff out. So I think we need to be a little bit careful about how we're using this terminology. The story is not the strategy. The strategy is the strategy. The vision is the vision. Positioning is positioning. We have a VC pitch. We have a sales pitch. Those two things are different. I don't see any value in trying to muddy the waters on this stuff and throwing it all together and trying to make it one big thing. It just simply isn't. And I think we run the risk of really confusing people if we try to do that. So that's it for this week. Thanks a lot for joining me again. Hey, you know what I would love it if you folks could do? I would love it if you could leave a review of this podcast somewhere. Apple Podcast lets you leave a review. I would love it if you left me a review and told me what your favorite episode is. I'm trying to think a little bit about episode planning and how this happens over the next couple of months. And so I'd like to hear 
what you folks are enjoying, what's good and what's not good. We've covered a lot of territory in this podcast so far. So I'd like to know, you know, what are the things that you think are great and you'd like to hear more of? And what are the things where you think, you know what, April, you could stop talking about that particular thing because it's just not for me. I would like to hear that. Thanks again for joining me and uh, we'll see you next week.